From Lanyon Bowdler Solicitors, this is The Legal Lounge. Here's your host, Amanda Jones. Hello and welcome to Season 2 of The Legal Lounge, where we've got some great content planned for you. If you haven't heard the shows in the first season yet, they're definitely worth checking out. You'll get an insight into many aspects of law in England and Wales, including divorce, mental capacity and claims for different kinds of injury. You can listen to these shows on your podcast app or by visiting lblaw.co.uk forward slash podcast. In this episode, personal injury solicitor Louise Howard speaks with Sarah Kerr. Sarah is the Armed Forces Outreach Support Coordinator for Shropshire Council. She talks about the positive work the council does with veterans and their families in the county. A link to the website Sarah refers to can be found in the show notes. Hi Sarah, thank you very much for coming in today. I'd like us to chat about the wonderful work the Shropshire Council is doing with veterans and military families locally. If you could give us a bit of an introduction. Thank you. So Shropshire Council have been signed up to the Armed Forces Covenant for a number of years now. We became gold award holders of the Employment Recognition Award in 2017 and due to be re-accredited this year. I came into post in 2018 and the plan was for us to have a veterans hub in Shropshire for any veterans to be able to access um, and we were looking at that sort of specifically within Shrewsbury. For a number of reasons it didn't come to fruition, it, location, access, all those sort of things. So we decided to do it as outreach because as you appreciate Shropshire is quite a rural county um, and there are a lot of veterans living in those rural communities so we decided that we would go to where the need is rather than expect the need to come to us. So what does an outreach hub look like? An outreach hub is um, basically an opportunity for anybody with a military connection um, to come along, have a a coffee, have a chat, have a a catch up, um, speak with like-minded people but also if they're needing any additional help and support we've got teams there so we're supported by the service charities and a number of the local agencies that can provide that additional support for them and sometimes they they don't need, know that they need that support until they actually come and talk to us. Where are the hubs taking place? Um, currently they are in Shrewsbury, RAF Shawbury, Whitchurch, Bridge North, Clearbury Mortimer. We join with the carers um, team at the Mayfair Centre, Church Stretton. And then we also, um, there is a, a veterans hub that's not run by us, but we support it up in Oswestry. So that's a lot of support out there. I mean, I know when you first started, it was it was just looking at Shrewsbury, wasn't it? So it's fantastic that there's much more accessible venues now. Definitely. There are, you know, obviously the, the, the more rural settings, there are smaller pockets of, of veterans, but they still need that support. And it's still been able to access them, really. And we've got a gentleman in in, um, in Whitchurch who, when I first spoke to him, he was in tears on the phone because he'd, his wife had passed away. Um, and we've just continued that, that sort of relationship with him, uh, with the, the befriending side of things from the British Legion, um, now comes to our outreaches regularly. And he's a different person. So it's about that community and support system as well as practical help. He feels more confident now to be able to go out and about and and talk to people. So what kind of organisations attend the hubs? What kind of um, assistance is there for them? So we've got the British Legion and SAFA who um, are quite all-encompassing really in the support that they can offer. So um, the befriending side of life, the um, benefits and welfare support. British Legion also have um, the benefit debt and management team so if somebody's struggling with their debts and bits and pieces that they've got that bespoke service um, can help with brown and white goods if somebody's moving into a property and struggling to actually pay for the goods um, you've also then got op courage so they look at the veterans mental health as do combat stress 
Um, we've got blind veterans. Um, so again, obviously helping those that are visually impaired, walking with the wounded. Um, we've got an employment advisor who again works with somebody who's been through or been on a journey. Um, and it could be from the mental health side of things that they're looking at getting back into employment. So that's sort of from the service community, Help for Heroes, obviously, they, they have a, a huge amount of support under their umbrella. And then also we've got the, the other local agencies. My understanding as well is it, it's not just for veterans, it's for that whole military community to access. Absolutely. You know, as a, a, I'm a veteran myself, but also as a spouse of a veteran, I appreciate that sometimes it's the family that needs that help and support as well. And it's something that I was very keen when we first came in, when I first came into post to make sure that we didn't just focus on the veteran. Um, we need to be able to support the whole family because actually to, to help a, a veteran overcome some of their issues, if the family are in a good place, it makes life easier. I think that's a really good point, actually. And the point that you've mentioned about being a veteran yourself and a spouse. Mm-hmm. Tell us about your background. So um, I joined the army at 18 and, and I did my nurse training and I served for 10 years probably would have served for longer if I hadn't um, met and married my husband. <laughs> That's not a bad thing, but it did mean that um, we, were able, we weren't able to um, co-locate with postings, yeah. which um, back in the early 90s, just anybody that served at that time will understand that trying to actually get two married personnel sort of in the same location was just not easy. No. Um, so I'm, I took the decision to leave and, um, and then my husband carried on and he did 35 years, but I supported him for sort of 25 years of that. So you've got that real insight into military life and you know very particular needs really yeah I mean he he did multiple tours um I've seen friends that have struggled with with sort of moving around um possibly sometimes getting the children into school if the children are needing statementing um quite often it takes a long period of time and that before that happens they they're then ready to move on again people waiting for NHS treatment that's moved on um, hugely with the uh, the covenant um, and just postings in general and just starting again with friendships. I think one of the the very first ones that sticks with a lot with myself and the volunteers is um, an older veteran that came to us needing some help and support for his back problems, um, and his GP wasn't recognising that he was a veteran, so he wanted to know how he got his GP to um, recognise that and then signpost him to the orthopaedic hospital. So we. Um, we gave him the information he needed, that happened. Um, we then identified that he was in receipt of a war pension, but it hadn't been um, checked for a number of years. So um, we got the veterans welfare team to come and have a chat with him. And actually, yes, he it needed to be um, looked at and, and uh, upped for him. The other sort of nice to have with him was him and his wife were at the, the outreach at Palmer's and I'd got seven Trent water there. And I said to them, are you quite happy with your water bill? And I knew because of their their host of um, health issues that they'd got, that there's a sliding scale with Seven Trent Water that you can, um, you know, depending on what your um, what your health issue is. Claire from Seven Trent spoke to them and it turned out that actually they got a, a credit. They had their water bill reduced and they had a water meter fitted. Yeah. So all those things that they wouldn't have known were there for them. So three things that we were able to, you know, he, he came with his back issue. It's, it's all encompassing and that's what the hubs are about, demonstrating that there's lots of different support out there and you're bringing everyone together in the same room to make sure that you can access it all at the same time. And I think it's just about, you know, sometimes people are socially isolated and how coming to the veterans hub linking in with somebody else can then lead to another conversation and then they find out about the breakfast club or they find out 
out about the Naval, Naval Association or the RAMC Association or any of these different groups that are out there, they, they, you know, they walk away with a wealth of information that actually suddenly, from suddenly being sort of on their own, there are other people that they can talk to. Yeah, and I know you and I were talking recently about an event at Craven Arms where you brought together a group of veterans who you just gave them an opportunity to speak and swap stories, some of them not suitable for podcasting. Oh, no, that was, yes, no, that was at um, Whitchurch. Whitchurch. Yeah, that was at Whitchurch, yeah. But it created basically a very nice atmosphere for them all to connect, and, and actually they'd actually been quite isolated before that. It was lovely, and, and one of the gentlemen said, you know, he hasn't laughed so much in ages because um, he just wanted to share his, his stories and things and whatever, but he felt comfortable. And it was a mixed age group of veterans, but he felt comfortable to be able to just talk about it. Um, and it was really nice to see that and and I think that's that's just that's what it's all about certainly for the older veterans and even those that are are, are possibly um, you know on the the early stages of Alzheimer's dementia the one thing they'll always remember is their service number and they've always got a story to regale (laughs) (laughs) which is and and you see the the twinkle in their eyes and their eyes light up when they start talking about things like that again yeah. and whatever so it's um i think it's important to get across though it's not just the older veterans you're supporting is absolutely. it it's um across across the age range yeah. completely that yeah. you're able to offer support to and we have been approached recently because um we are conscious that the outreaches we hold are during a working day and as you've said we we do support um younger veterans and that support is is quite often um via the telephone or via email we have been asked if we would do an evening outreach um, and speaking to my volunteers, they're all more than happy to do that. So we are going to be looking at um, trialling um, an evening outreach. In, it will be in Shrewsbury, um, probably at Palmer's Cafe. And it might only be once a month, once every six weeks. But again, it just gives that cohort that aren't able to access the, the daytime ones um, to come along. As veterans, we all, no matter you know how long we've been out and, and how many, what other career we've carved for ourselves and bits and pieces we still all like to be able to chat and and as they say swing the uh, swing the lamp pull up a sandbag <laughs> <laughs> and are you seeing many families come in and using the outreach hubs at all not so much using the outreach hubs but they do contact us via email or or phone good yeah. so that message is is getting across because i know that was really important to you from the beginning wasn't it that it was the entire community not just the veteran themselves definitely, definitely. and and you know it can be that the you know a spouse like i've said they've supported their husband that or husband wife um who is the veteran and then they just don't know where to turn to for that help and support. My understanding is that what Shropshire Council is doing is quite unique, actually, uh, in terms of the Covenant and the resources they put into that. Yeah, I think it is. I think there are more local authorities now doing um, more with the Covenant and for the veterans. And I think th- around the country there are veterans hubs, but whether they're actually working um, solely with the, the local authorities... I can't comment because I'm not entirely sure on that one. Um, but we were recently contacted by Gateshead Local Authority who identified that ourselves and Warwickshire um, seemed to be sort of striding ahead with, with what we were doing. But I do know that my colleagues in, in Telford and Reakin and Herefordshire, Worcestershire, are equally um, doing a good job. Can you tell us about the operations group as well, the Shropshire Council? I think that's really important to, to have a little bit more information about that. So the operations group was was in place before I actually started in my role. And I think Lanyon Bowdler were actually quite instrumental in, in setting that up because you'd identified um, veterans that were needing additional support. Um, that's grown, but what we've also done is streamlined who is on the ops group now so that we make sure that the multi-agency 
people around the table are the right people. So again, a lot of the service charities that I've already spoken about are on the Ops Group. We also have input from the um, from RAF Shawbury and Turnhill um, with One Royal Irish. Um, then we've got the support from internally within Shropshire Council, so the housing team and the customer service team as well. For those people who probably don't understand what the Ops Group is about, it's where um, a person's been identified as needing additional support. And it could be a person, it could be a family, it could be a family member. Um, they're needing additional support but not just one piece of support, it's that multi-agency piece. It's fantastic to see everyone working together, actually, and just problem-solving with, you know, veteran-centred. It's all about what they need, not about where the help's coming from. It is very much that, and I think what's great is that we have... um, Dave from Help for Heroes, who's actually based in in, um, Colchester, but he joins the meeting, so he covers kind of a, a different demographic to the rest of us. So sometimes when we might be struggling to look for where that support is, he can then add his thoughts. And I think that's the beauty of it, that we are getting input from from around the country, really. And I've had examples where I've got clients who need some help and support who are outside of the Shropshire area. And the expertise around that table is just fantastic. It's brilliant. And I think, you know, if anybody's... Sometimes you don't even have to actually bring a particular case, but you might be working on it or with a collection of people and it's identifying where that support is. Mm. What it's good for as well is recognising trends. So if we're seeing a particular surge in housing, for example, or, you know, I know during the the pandemic there was benefits because people were struggling with with COVID, possibly not getting sick pay, different things like this and whatever. Also, we work with um, West Mercia Police. So we've got a liaison person comes onto the ops group um, who who talks or informs us if there's any... Um, anything happening again within the county or identifies any homeless veterans. The West Mercia Police, um, community police chaps and ladies um, quite often come along to the the outreaches as well which again I think is really good because if a veteran is struggling in their own area they can have a, a you know a quiet chat with them and just say what the problem is. You raised the pandemic actually just and I think it's important to note that None of this support has stopped throughout the pandemic, has it? And all of the operations group and the outreach hubs, all of those have continued throughout the pandemic, Um, just doing a lot more via Teams. Yeah, it's interesting because when the pandemic kicked in, the outreaches had been going probably for about 10 months, um, the face-to-face outreaches, and they were going really well. And that was where we were getting the the vast amount of our, um, our contacts, our referrals. So when the pandemic kicked in, I thought, are we still going to have that? that interaction but I didn't need to worry because we did and if anything now the the issue is managing my inbox versus the face-to-face oh really <laughs> 100% so I try to, um, to to sort of be out on the road twice a week if I can but when I come back I'm I'm still faced with probably as many inquiries as I was getting during the pandemic so it's managing that time so whereas at the moment there's only one of me in theory I could do with another person <laughs> yeah and, and yeah. that's fantastic really isn't it testament to the success of what you're doing it is good and and you know what we did also during the pandemic was the um the virtual outreaches which again I wasn't really sure how that would work we had a different audience but that audience was reaching others that possibly, you know, what we, we couldn't presume was that everybody could um, knew how to go online and, and you know, or even had internet access and things and whatever. Um, so we were 
we were having we, we were being quite topical about the guest speakers we were having on making sure that they were relevant to what could be happening within the, the communities um, and then people were sharing them within their own communities and and again we were able to reach people that wouldn't necessarily come to the face-to-face -face meetings because they were out of you know, for, the, for them to travel an hour to come to a meeting it's a bit like anything isn't it these days we were getting a bigger audience so it's good are any of the virtual outreach is going to continue actually because they were successful or they are we've um, we have been we've dropped it down to one a month um because we found that people were sort of getting busier in their own rights with their own jobs and things and whatever um so again we, we just try to make it as topical as possible so um this month we've got the project team from the robert jones agnes hunt coming on um because there is the new build the veterans um, new build how's it going it's going well yeah i think they you know they're going to give us an update and look at timelines and things like that and whatever um and again shropshire council are going to be involved in the the veterans hub once it's um open and up and running yeah that's going to be a, a great source of information oh it? it's, it's just going to be a, a brilliant venue the, you know the center is um it's it's been built around Colonel Meyer's sort of um, vision and, and desire for what he wants. Um, he went to the Walter Reed out in America to have a look at what they had over there and this kind of... Brought a lot of ideas back over here, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, at, at one point they were seeing over 3,000 veterans a year up at the, uh, the hospital. Obviously not all locally, but from across the country. And I think that will just grow because his reputation and, and his... And the need for that veteran service has grown so for you to be working alongside him actually with all of the resources that you've got is is perfect it's brilliant and and again you know the service charities will be able to have access to that hub as well um there are confidential rooms for people to be able to have the meetings and, and things so it's, it's going to be good it's going to be a really good service can you tell me a little bit more about the other events that shropshire council coordinates the last week in june is always armed forces week so um, we generally start the week off by the flag raising at Shire Hall um, and last year we managed to have um, four businesses also sign the covenant on that day. Then the Wednesday is always reserves day um, so we've got a lot of reserve forces in Shropshire so again we want to celebrate the work that they do um, and it's also a, a great way for them to sort of look at recruiting as well with, with businesses and uh, for businesses to understand what having a reservist within that organisation can add to, to that. Um, so that's always the Wednesday. And then um, during the week, we just sort of try to have other activities on and encourage the businesses that assign the Armed Forces Covenant to um, to show their support, whether it's by, you know, I know, I know yourselves, you, you decorated outside, didn't you? We did, we had a local artist come yeah. yeah. we, we have other businesses that possibly offer discounts during that week. Um, this year we're going to look to see whether we can get some of the organisations that offer activities to to give maybe taster sessions or something like that as well for the veteran and the military community. So it's a real celebration of all the support locally. It is. I think there's sometimes people expect Armed Forces Week to see the military parading through town and things like this and whatever. But if you talk to the, the military, that takes weeks and weeks of planning and training and really that armed forces week should be about celebrating and giving something back to the armed forces not them having to sort of be on show it's about the, the community and those that have pledged to support the the military community and i think that's a really important point about that pledge of support because yes. actually there's a lot of support in shropshire through the covenant isn't there there is you've encouraged so many people to be involved in it and 
like you said, had so many people yeah. come and sign the covenant yeah. and made much more of it in Shropshire. We've just had two domiciliary care agencies sign the covenant last week, which was brilliant because they both approached us about wanting to recruit veterans. One of them I met at the Career Transition Partnership Group um, meeting in Telford and she came up to us to say that she wanted to recruit veterans um, and then I said have you thought about signing the covenant and within two weeks we managed to get her signed and in the meantime there was another organisation had asked if they could sign as well and when we went to, to, to do the signing at Dorley Bank the Yeomanry last week they both it turned out they both knew each other but sort oh, really? of, um, not particularly well they'd met each other over the pandemic on zooms and things like this and whatever and one of them actually recruited a reservist at Dorley Bank last week so that's a really good example of kind of how the covenant should work yeah Yeah. so it's about the the armed forces covenant is the nation's pledge to ensure that all military personnel veterans and their families um, are treated fairly and not disadvantaged and an example of a disadvantage can be um as a military spouse, you could be here in, in Shropshire, you're on the waiting list for an operation. Um, historically, if the husband wife came home and said, we're posted down south, you would possibly have gone to the bottom of that waiting list and then the next NHS trust. Now you are supposed to be put in at a comparable level to where you were in your previous trust. So that's an example of, of where the dis- and, and schooling um, Historically, again, it was quite often difficult to get children into schools um, because you were waiting for the postcode for your, for your quarter, your military house. So that um, that would have, you know, it, it could have delayed trying to get um, school admissions and things like this and whatever. Um, I'm not saying that things don't still go awry, but there are more sort of processes in place to to, to look at that side of things. Now. It's improving. It's improving. Yeah. And I think as well, it's it's been a, about connection, hasn't it, between local organisations, local businesses, and the military community, and yeah. just trying to bring those together. Definitely. So another example is um, we've done a lot of work with Shrewsbury and Telford Hospitals and the Robert Jones Agnes Hunt to get them um, veterans aware. So again, it's that piece of work from um, when a veteran enters the hospital to when they're going home picking up their pills physiotherapy ot whatever um that they are identified as a veteran that whole journey through because sometimes there could be an underlying uh, mental health issue or something else that that hasn't necessarily been identified for what they're, they're going into hospital or being admitted into hospital for but there could be a trigger whilst they're in that hospital that causes them to have potential episode of ptsd so it's identifying that veteran to try and help alleviate those problems and make sure that there is somebody there that can support them and talk to them about it but again that veteran's got to want to identify it's not a given that everybody will want to be identified um and it's it's you know they've got to want to do it um and the the same with the the gp surgeries so we've been working with ics to um, try and get all the GP surgeries veterans accredited which again doesn't give the veteran priority treatment when they go to their GP uh, surgery they're not going to suddenly get seen quicker than you or I but what it means is that they um, if they have got something that is service attributed there are different routes for for them to be able to access so the orthopaedic hospital being one um, veterans mental health another I suppose it's about removing that um 
fear of somebody who's moved around a lot who thinks that they're going to walk into a GP surgery and, and the person in front of them is not going to understand the issues that they're facing, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, uh, uh, there are a lot of veterans that will have settled here and been settled for a number of years um, a good while ago. I know certainly we settled here in 2010 um, and it wasn't on my form when I registered with my GP, are you a veteran? So again, it's getting the veteran community to identify themselves within the GP surgeries, just because you never know that ongoing care that you might need. Can you tell us about the strategic partnership group as well, please? So this is headed up by um, by Sean McCarthy, but it's chaired by Ian Nellings, who is um, a portfolio holder, a councillor portfolio holder with Shropshire Council, also a veteran himself, and he's the Armed Forces Covenant lead within Shropshire Council, and his deputy is councillor Kirsty Hurst-Knight, again also a veteran. Um, so we've got a really strong force behind us to support from the, from the the veteran side of things within the council which is brilliant um, but the strategic partnership group is made up of strategic people who can make those decisions around health um, housing education um, working with the the local units with Donington with with Lieutenant Colonel Sam Brettle as well over there um, so it's, it's just again looking at where there might be issues where we, we need to kind of focus our attention um, making sure that people are doing what they've said they're going to do. And all the work you're doing through the outreach hubs through the operations group you're getting to see if there are any problems on the ground so to speak aren't you and feed that up to the the partnership group absolutely and this new legislation is um is waiting to be signed off um and the the three areas that for the covenant to sort of um, demonstrate and um for the local authorities to to be working with them on is um health education and housing sarah i heard about the event at the castle um was it last november with it the career was. war veterans which looked fantastic it was brilliant and it was a chance conversation with um two korean war veterans at a garden party last summer they were telling me how the the shropshire korean war association was disbanded sadly in 2015 and their standard that they had nowhere to to um to store it or for it to be on on view as such um i think they had approached the castle previously but for whatever reason it the there wasn't the space um so i said leave it with me i'll have a chat with the castle see what we can do so i i as i do i went and had a chat with them spoke to some of the trustees and uh, richard goff who is the director of the soldiers of shropshire museum absolutely brilliant conversation i was pushing against an open door because he was actually wanting to do something with the korean war veterans um so we between us we, we managed to get this event in in uh, november we had 10 korean war veterans four um, widows and family members come along. The standard bearer, he's 91, so he carried the, the standard from the castle gates up to the castle and the, the other veterans walked or marched behind him. They wanted all wanted to do it. One gentleman was in a wheelchair, but they all wanted to, to be part of that. And it was handed over to the castle and the Lord Lieutenant was there. And then we had a tea party afterwards um, Shropshire Radio captured some of their stories but it was just I just stood back and watched and it was just amazing to see them these gentlemen had some of them hadn't seen each other for, for a number of years and it was just brilliant to see the expressions on their faces and some of the family members said dad has never opened up about this we didn't know half of this but that's what it's all about making sure that they realize that actually not forgotten and appreciated and the standard is now in place in the castle i've checked with richard um and we'd like to do something in the summer to sort of keep it going so that they can get all get together regularly
Yes. So that is the plan. Yes. Um, so we, we try to do sort of regular events throughout the year. Something obviously like that. The the Yeomanry have got an event in July um, that they're leading with in Shrewsbury. We have the military match day. We had that on the the twelfth of March, and it was Shrewsbury Town versus Oxford United. And um, we in the fan park we had a military village, so all the service charities were there, and RAF Shawbury and Eight Rifles also had. Um, representatives from their units um, and it was a good day. So there's lots of informal opportunities to reach out to charities and and ask for help if required. Definitely and you know part of the covenant is working and identifying those businesses and organisations that want to show their support um, in one way or another and and a lot of it is around employment, um, employing veterans or spouses or reservists or you've got somebody like um, Kelder Wood from Climbing Out who wants to show her support through um, the, the residential and, and walk and talk days that she Climbing does. Mountains. Climbing mountains. Climbing mountains, if you want to climb a mountain. Yeah, yeah. the support Kelder offers is fantastic. <laughs> it is, it? it's brilliant and it's, it's really humbling to see that you know, she's identified that the veteran community is another community that is needing that additional support. It's a good example as well of the fact that there's such varied support out there, isn't there? There are ways of accessing just simple talking or just that kind of somebody walking by your side type of support. Or there is somebody like Kelder who's got the walk and talk days on a regular basis or the residential courses, um, if that's helpful. There's also um, Dig for Veterans in Market Drayton. Oh, yes. So Dig for Veterans, is um, they've got an allotment and it's run by a veteran and a serving um, serving officer. Um and they've yeah they've got this allotment and it's where like-minded people can go along to to offer whatever the, whatever skills they've got for the allotment it could be just making the brews it could be doing a bit of digging bit, bit of sweeping up or whatever um but we've got a gentleman who's in his 80s who was looking for something needed something and he absolutely loves it he's got so much out of it there's so many different things out there for the veteran community it's just being able to identify them and finding the right fit for people so if veterans want some more information about the events that you've got, where can they find some more information? We've got our website on Shropshire Council, so it's shropshire.gov.uk and then forward slash armed forces support. Is there information on there for businesses as well if they wanted to get more involved? There's information about the Armed Forces Covenant and, and they can see who else has already um, made a pledge and look to see whether it's something that they would like to get involved in. Brilliant. We also do a regular newsletter now, which again, they can go onto the Shropshire Council website and um, on the um, subscribe button, they can register. And then on the drop down menu, it's the Armed Forces. Great. I get that. And it's got lots of information about what's out there, what's going on each month. And that's both in terms of support for veterans and other businesses as well, isn't it? Absolutely. We try to we try to do it so that it's not just all around the um, the service charities. It's about those other businesses and agencies that are offering that support, really, um, and those little pockets of information. And then we have our Facebook page, which is Shropshire Armed Forces Covenant and Twitter, which is Shropshire Covenant. Sarah, thank you so much for coming in today. Really good to see you. Great to be able to chat about the the fantastic support locally and to learn about everything that's um, going on with the Covenant. Thank you very much. Thank you. And thank you for the support that Lanyon Bowdler gives to the Covenant as well. Thanks to Louise and our special guest, Sarah Kerr. If you need legal help from Louise, please get in touch through lblaw.co.uk. That's lblaw.co.uk. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you found the conversations helpful, please remember to follow, review and share the episodes. Speak to you soon. That was The Legal Lounge from Lanyon Bowdler Solicitors. 
Visit lblaw.co.uk slash podcast for helpful resources. And please do follow or subscribe on your podcast app so you never miss an episode.